0: This Woman Over 70 podcast is sponsored by Vesta, a woman-owned kitchen and bath design firm in Chicago. Award-winning founder, Colette Rodon-Hornoff and her team offer a collaborative and detail-oriented approach that turns your vision into a space you will love. Through design, measurement, and construction, you can count on Vesta to bring your dreams to reality. Visit Vesta online at vestachicago.com or call 773-252-7300. Let Vesta infuse your home with warmth and
1: welcome. Hello, I'm Catherine.
0: And I'm Gail. And welcome to Women Over 70 Aging Reimagined, our award-winning weekly podcast. We're excited to be in our fourth year This has been a labor of love that now needs your support. We urge you to join Aging Reimagined Circle, our sustaining membership fund, or make a donation so we may continue to inspire women to age with purpose,
1: resilience, and self-care.
0: This is our website, womenover70.com, and join today.
1: And you can see how excited I am to introduce Barbara McAfee <laughs> she, as an advocate for women aging. She's referred to us by one of our guests, Sally Strosol. So welcome, Barbara. And I want to introduce you to our audience. So Barbara from St. Croix Falls, Wisconsin, has decades of experience midwifing voices. As a voice coach, Barbara encourages women of all ages, her oldest client is 89, to find their voices, whatever that means to them. Barbara's passionate about helping aging women, as she says, come into their voices to express their authentic selves and cast aside repressions. Through her singing keynotes, Barbara explores themes of leadership, meaning, voice, and community for various professions, including training, healthcare, law, education, industry, and nonprofits. Barbara's also a singer-songwriter with eight CDs, mostly original music, that tap into jazz gospel and folk groups in 2007 barbara founded the morning star singers a volunteer choir that sings for people facing illness end of life depression or grief she's author of full voice the art and practice of vocal presence and she trains other voice coaches so welcome barbara we are so excited to talk with you today
2: Yes. I'm thrilled to be here. So
1: yes. music, voice seems to be the essence of your life. Yeah. And uh, tell us, tell it, tell us a little bit about your about your background in, in voice.
2: Well, it has been such a long and winding road. It's long on lived experience and short on formal credentials. Um I so
1: Barbara, voice seems to be the essence of your your life's work. And give us a, a bit of background about about your mm-hmm. passion for voice.
2: Well, it is founded in not having it for a really long time. As a as a growing up person, um, I did sing in good choirs. I had lots of encouragement, but there was also a lot of things that were like many of us trauma mm-hmm. family story culture. I grew up in Minnesota where you're supposed to be seen and not heard. And that was sort of the culture of my, my family as well. And, uh, and then I also just had a lot of neurosis and perfectionism around having to do anything I do absolutely perfectly. Mm. And um, so uh, there was a lot of healing that happened along the way with having my tonsils out and then starting to sing solo jazz mm. in public for the first time. That's interesting and uh, started writing music after my father died in my arms when I was 31. Mm. Uh, That's interesting. So there's been this kind of connection of lived experience and healing and then Mm. meeting some very powerful teachers along the way. My primary teachers have been from the Roy Hart center in the South of France. And their Mm. premise is that they work with the full range of the human voice, not just speaking, not just singing but like out here in Mm Sound, and that has been, that really set me free. I found them in my late 20s, and I am now... And you
1: were there in France, studying with them in France?
2: I did go there. They originally came to the Twin Cities in the late 80s, and I went shaking in my boots to a workshop there and was going to leave if they were mean to me. I was so, so scared. And in (laughs) that first workshop, they broke wide open my story about my voice, And thus, who I am. And I saw the connection that first weekend between our story about who we think we are and then the truth, which is way outside that. And Mm -hmm. they took me on a great adventure and no one had ever asked me for all the sound I had. You know, Mm -hmm. way, way low and way, Mm -hmm. way... I made sound way up here at the the top Mm -hmm. of the piano and it it ripped my life wide open. And um, so that's been kind of the... The tap root of my work, and then I've integrated principles of yoga, Jungian psychology. I was a business person for twelve years as an organizational consultant, so there's a bunch of stuff around leadership and teamwork, and all cooked in there.
1: Wow. So how? So, that's a, tell us about then about what happens to women's voices as we age and. What what you do, I mean, maybe I should have my tonsils out. That might help. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, you
2: don't have to do that. Um, Well, everything, you know, our voice is our body and our body is our voice. So all the things that happen, things loosen, things dry out, things give way, things get floppier and heavier and all the things, you know. So there and then there's the hormonal shift, which is huge for a lot of us. And what we used to be able to do without thinking in our thirties with our voices is now gone. Mm. So I think um, voices can atrophy in a way um, mm. because we don't ask much of them uh, sometimes. Uh, yeah. If people, people stop singing, if they sang, they stop singing because they don't sound like they did when they were 30 and instead of trying to figure out, well, how do I sing with the voice I have now? It's kind of like how we treat our bodies. It's like, I was just at the pool uh, before this recording, and I was talking to my friend Anne, who's one of you. She's one of the women in her 70s, and we were talking about how much we both... Have enjoyed going to the bathroom in the woods. I live out in the country, and she said, mm-hmm. "Oh, I miss I miss doing that. My knees just can't do that anymore." <laughs> and so there's things that we can't do anymore, but there's a lot of things that are possible mm-hmm. um, if we just shift and adjust our expectations. And then there's also sneaky tricks. Yeah, what tricks? Sneaky yeah. sneaky tricks that we can use to uh, <laughs> help stabilize our voice uh, and and find new sound than when we just had young springy voices can you give us an example of oh, yes
1: with your own voice
2: yes so one of my one of the common things that happens is that the higher ranges go away because everything falls <laughs> with age <Yeah>. right <laughs> and so um, and then sometimes there's a lack of stability in the in the throat uh, there's like sometimes a quaver or a waver. Mm-hmm. And so um, I use the ele- elements of earth, fire, water, metal, and air to describe different qualities of voice. And for a lot of women, I have them use a little bit more metal because it, it uses your nose. So um, it's also really good for those friends of yours who really should have a hearing aid. but they don't. I used to use this with my dear mom as a caregiver when she'd lose a hearing aid. And so if I just pop your sound more through your nose, it carries better. So if your voice gets tired, if you're in a loud place or if you're with that friend and your voice tires out, this is a way to get more sound for, for a little bit of breath.
0: How do you do that, Barbara? How do you make it go through your nose more?
2: Well, I like to take it way beyond what you would normally do and then work it back from there. So I usually encourage people to be irritable Siamese cats to open up their metal. (laughs) So you can kind of get that, or a little car. So you can get the feeling of where that is and then get used to the feeling and then back it off into something that feels more reasonable.
1: I'm gonna practice that. For yeah, sure. well we should practice together.
2: Yeah. Yes, the cat sisters, <laughs> that would fun. be fun.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's That's great. About when you were studying in France that it was voice beyond it was yeah. sound and, and other things. So uh, talk a little bit about the ways in which m- women's voices uh, tend to be get silenced <laughs> and then how do you break that open? Help them break that open.
2: Well, as you all know, all, you and all your listeners know this is, we didn't make this up. This didn't just start. Uh, I knew my grandmother quite well. She died when I was 17. And she was 20 years old when women got the vote in this country. Mm-hmm. That was five seconds ago, right? Mm-hmm. That has everything to do with our voices and our sisters in Iran and Afghanistan right now. And our Native American sisters, the murdered and missing indigenous women all over the continent here, it is constant, the suppression of women's voices, pay, pay inequity, the fact that there are many fewer women in positions of power in the government and, and corporations and other positions. That all, all affects our voice. That's not just personal. And I see so many women taking it personally, like, what's wrong with me? That was what I was talking about. Why am I so afraid of expressing myself? Mm -hmm. And it's like, oh, we all come from generations of suppressed, of repressed women. And we may have exceptions, I have exceptions back in my history, but by and large, we're standing in front of a long, long, long history there. And that lives in our bodies and it lives in our voices. So uh, that is the kind of transpersonal Version, but then there's personal trauma. There's growing up at a time, and I think I'm I'm 63, so I had that part of the culture, the hangover of the 50s of, you know, being nice and sweet and Mm -hmm. skinny and and I had honestly, ladies, I'm six foot two. (laughs) I never had a (laughs) shot at that. <laughs> being I that kind her. of girl right <laughs> and so uh so there's a lot of if you're if you're asked to keep secrets in your family um various kinds of abuse uh there's just a lot of, of there's a lot of girdles that get put on women's mm-hmm. voices mm-hmm. and let's not wear them anymore right right
0: that's that makes so much sense. <laughs>
2: So
1: you, Go ahead. Yeah, I'm sorry.
0: No, I was just saying that it, it makes so much sense that all of these repressions and silences that we experience growing up as women then affect our voice and how we're heard and and how we speak out mm-hmm. and uh, even the the tone and the level of our voices. Yes. So, how does singing help that?
2: Well, singing can be great. I mean, I love to sing. Mm -hmm. Um, I like to start with sound, though, because so many people are also wounded about singing. You know, it's reserved for the people who have talent or perfect pitch or fill in the blank. Mm -hmm. And I can't tell you after 30 years of doing this work, when I used to work more in person, I would go through so many tissues because you ask people, tell me your story about your voice. I love Mm -hmm. that question. Tell me your story about your voice. If your listeners want a really fun writing prompt, that's a good one. Or Mm -hmm. a a coffee prompt. Take your friends out and sit down and have that conversation because there's always a story. And Uh often it is a heartbreaking story about Mm -hmm. some teacher when you were nine telling you to mouth the words in the choir or Fill in the blank. That was, I'm sorry, she was wrong. They were wrong. He was wrong. Yeah. So, sound is a, a great place to start because you don't need to be particularly talented. I do love getting people, ordinary people, singing for the joy of it um, without paper and needing to perform or anything. That's a big part of my mission in the world, too. But the sounds that we make as humans are. A little bit freer than songs. So if you wake up in the morning, oh, oh, that's the earth voice. Oh, a yawn. And if you hit your uh, hit your thumb with a hammer or stub your toe, ow, ow, that's fire.
0: <laughs>
2: or if you're, um, if you're like a little choked up or a little sad, yeah, that, or when you're comforting someone, that's water. Oh, mm. honey. Oh, I'm so sorry, that's, that's what you use with your grandkids if you've got them. <laughs> I already talked about metal as being the voice for amplification. And air is so good for like getting at wonder <gasps> and amazement and inspiration. So I like to start with setting people free nice. to make the sounds of their life without always having to cram them into the structure of words. Mm -hmm. or even a song after you open it all up then I like to give people songs that make them happy Mm
0: -hmm.
2: and tell people to make an irresistible playlist that every time you get in your car Mm -hmm. or you're cleaning your bathroom or whatever whenever you have music in your life to have songs that feel good in your voice not Mm -hmm unless you're that kind of Ave Maria kind of person. Um, but just songs, just to get your voice more um, exercised, it's like yoga for your voice, right? You stretch yeah. off, and so you have a belty song and a tender lullaby, and then you have a bluesy song. And that is like, that will get you to move your voice around to different areas yes. than you would normally do. Because talk. most of us talk in a teeny, teeny, tiny little range. And we have a lot more available.
1: So this is so encouraging.
2: Good, (laughs) that's very
1: encouraging. I I would love to. (laughs) So I'm I'm so curious about the group you founded, the Morning Star Singers. Yeah. Because obviously we and our audience seem to know a lot about loss and grief and Mm -hmm. all of those things. So tell us about about that about your choir.
2: Oh, that's the best work I do, and I do a lot of really good work, <laughs> but it, it is such a grounding in the everything else I do. I don't do keynotes anymore without talking about death and dying, mm-hmm. uh, because it has so informed how I live my life. To have my father die in my arms when I was 31 years old was like, oh, oh, <laughs> this is supposed to be scary, and it, in that case, it was actually very beautiful. It was intense, but it was beautiful. Mm-hmm. Um, And I have had the privilege of being in a community that has experienced a lot of loss and of people of all ages, 52, 93, 81, 17, 18, at birth, um, 26, and all of the same people were there, and we sang our way through it.
0: Mm
2: -hmm. And every time the next impossibly difficult thing would come up, there would be the same people, and we'd sing the songs, and we would remember, oh, we got through this before. When we were singing these songs, we got through this mm-hmm. before, and we will get through this again. Mm-hmm. And so all of those years of, of that experience in my community, I kept saying, one of these days, when I'm done chasing around the world, I'm going to found a little choir. I'd heard of this kind of choir before, and then I finally decided not to wait and just to do it. And mm-hmm. so... We are a group of volunteer singers. Um, some of us are trained, many of us are not uh, formally trained. And we go out in groups, uh, we're just gonna start again, going out in groups of four mm-hmm. or five people mm-hmm. to sing for people at the bedside uh, mm-hmm. or in their on their couch. And we have a collection of songs that um, are from particular traditions, but also transcend traditions. And we've written, I've written a number of songs mm-hmm. and so have other members of the group, uh, so, Songs of Comfort.
1: And so people call you, they ask you to come? Yes. Uh, if Because if, uh, our audience, we have people who live all across the country and in other countries actually. Would if one of us needed your group, would you be able to do it on Zoom or does it have to be in person?
2: What's really sad is that singing together on Zoom doesn't work because it it? doesn't sync up the time's all off we've been continuing to meet through the pandemic on zoom because we are a community after 15 years we actually just lost our first two members Mm -hmm. in 15 years which is amazing two of them just died within a month of each other including one of our stalwart people who Mm -hmm. has just been with us almost the whole time Um, And so we've been meeting on Zoom and one everybody else is on mute and one person is leading the song. However, I would suggest that there is a whole network of these choirs. If they look up Threshold Choir, if they Google Threshold Choir, they are all over, all over the place. Mm -hmm. And there's a network of them. Um, We are not a member of that network because I... I, at the time we started, I really didn't need it. I knew I had I'd been a song leader. I already knew a mm-hmm. bunch of songs, and so I, I'm friends with the founder. You know, we're, we're dear friends, but I didn't need to be a part of that. But yeah, um, uh, yes. yeah. and then we also have a we have a CD that has a, we made somewhere along the line that has a bunch uh-huh. of our music, okay. and that I think that's a, you can find that on iTunes and the usual places. Um, Morning Star Singers. And, and- and
1: you uh, have your own CDs of mostly original music. Give us a little flavor of those. or What would we find when we look, look, up, look you up on your website?
2: Well, there's a bunch of music, really fun music videos I've been making over time that, with various friends of these music videos. One of them is, uh, they, they range from hilarious. Uh, there's one called Brain Rats, which is about all the junk that runs around in our head. Uh, <laughs> I'll give you a flavor. Mm. Brain! <laughs> I've got brain rats, a pestilential blight upon my mind, and then brain rats, and it goes on to describe, you know, all the junk. You know, the, I run out of money. My mother doesn't love me. I'm a fake. All that stuff. So, so a young friend of mine, uh, he was 15 when he actually made that video, and it's first rate. Um, and then there's a number of other videos that are quite fun. Um, and they're, they're all over the place. I mean, my my home, my first singing gig was jazz. Um, mm. I grew up with the great songwriters of Carole King and John Denver and James mm. Taylor and the Beatles yeah. and, and Motown. And I'm just like, I grew up at the very best time. May I just say? We had the best music ever. And my brother is 10 years older than I am. And the other is mm. 7 years older. So I feel like I grew up more in your generation than in mine because of having older brothers and that that cultural influence so um, some of my songs are very tender. I'm sorry that's my neighbor I have I have these guys that drive like to drive up my hill and they're very loud trucks so <laughs> apologies for that they, they, they right, need, yeah. if they could sing they wouldn't need the loud truck but they, <laughs> they would
1: need the metallic voice yes sure.
2: yes yes <laughs> um,
1: So uh, I want to hear about your a book. yeah your book.
2: What a surprise! Yes, it's called Full Voice, The Art and Practice of Vocal Presence, and my publisher is the best publisher in the world. It's Barrett Kohler out of California. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I was a poet for a long time, and then I became a songwriter, and uh, someone in Atlanta saw me presenting on Full Voice, the, the five elements. And she was uh, she is a Barrett Kohler author and I came home from that trip. I didn't even meet her. she ran off had to go do something. I came home from an email from Barrett Kohler saying one of our authors suggested that you might be a good author for us And I was like, what? I, I don't I'm I'm a good writer, but okay, sure my I think my whole strategic plan for my whole life has been... What the hell? (laughs) What the hell? So I said, what the hell? And I wrote a book proposal. And it also didn't hurt that I actually toured with two of their rock star authors, Peter Block and Margaret Wheatley, Mm -hmm. who are dear, dear friends of mine. And we co-keynoted, I did a women's leadership revival tour with Meg Mm -hmm. for, Mm -hmm. um, I can't remember, I think it was 13 cities over a number of years. Mm -hmm. And uh, to sort of wake up women's leadership in the U.S. and Canada, mm-hmm. and um, so I think the fact that they thought I was cool, and Peter wrote the foreword for it, so I think that helped my book come into their their catalog, and it was utterly ecstatic to write that book, especially the rewrite. It was well, it was so fun. Mm-hmm. Who knew? What are the five elements? Earth. Fire, water, okay. nada and air, okay, yeah,
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is wonderful. um so could you get what nourishes your singing soul what what keeps you moving with that, and maybe you could give us an example of sing something, play something, sing something for us?
2: I'd love to. I have to say, I get nourishment from so many places. I mean, meeting people like you all, and and then all of your audience as well. I can hear and feel you all out there listening, and your whatever you're in your chairs. I don't know with your tea and your cat. I don't know. Um, I just get the privilege of meeting so many people all over the world, and now my students who are carrying my work are now becoming much more international. Thank you, COVID nineteen. Mm-hmm. Um so it gets I get very inspired by all the people that I get to connect with, and then nature, I live in a beautiful valley with a wild and scenic river, and mm. go hiking every day and see the natural world being that that more than human world is the source of so much joy for me mm-hmm. um, and then I have people say things to me sometimes I write songs based on great poets I've written songs based on. Galway Canal and Wendell Berry and Mary Oliver and Rumi and Elizabeth Bishop. So I love collaborating with the great wisdom of other people who might not even be living anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I have these friends, wise friends, who say things like my friend Juanita in Cincinnati, who once I was talking to her, I said, Oh, that sounds a little hard. She described a difficult situation. And she said, Ah, it's all right. I can handle it. I'm a grown ass woman. And I went, can I write that song? And she said, by all means. So I'll give you a little taste of that. Oh, good. And when I'm doing this in in live groups, I always encourage, I know there are always women in the audience who have always wanted to be like the bad girl backup singers. And so they come on up and they're like throwing their hair around and and, uh, being backup singers. So this is a little bit of grown ass woman. No longer young. Not yet old. Well acquainted with the promptings of my soul. I am free from the need
1: theme song for women over 70 you have yeah, my absolute so
2: blessing and there's there's more verses too about being oh, like looking at really pictures well. of when i was young and i was so cute but i felt like just like i was a hot mess <laughs> i love being older let me just say i love being older yeah.
1: Yeah. in the couple of minutes we have left barbara any advice any last words you want to leave to our listeners our audience
2: well, I love the idea of being shameless. And I don't mean inappropriate, although I don't mind that sometimes that's, that can be healing as well, to get outside of mm-hmm. appropriate. And also, if you say it, that word a different way, appropriate, it means to steal. Mm-hmm. Just saying, <laughs> right? Yes. So what appropriateness is appropriating our human spirit, our vitality, our joy, our exuberance, our full life. And so I, I love to cultivate the idea of what would it feel like to live shamelessly alive until I'm dead? <laughs> and then who knows? I'm talking to a friend of mine uh, who's in her 90s who's actually cultivating uh, <laughs> uh, her, her approaching death as a grand adventure, and mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. which... You know, so I guess that's it. I think there's so many ways that we're trying to behave, and maybe we should misbehave a little bit more. Good idea. And, yeah, <laughs> I love it. <laughs>
1: I love it too. Good idea,
2: <laughs> Barbara. Thank you so
1: much. This is the most enjoyable, encouraging. So mm. thank
2: you. This and is wonderful. Thank you so much for doing this. I really appreciate it. And I also, if people ever, would like the gift of that song, um, I know you're going to have with the show notes, my my website, my information. Feel free to send me an email and say I heard you on Women Over Seventy. I will send you grown ass. I will send you the the, the song of grown ass women so you can dance to that shamelessly <laughs> in your house. Thank you. <laughs> I Love it.
1: <laughs> Thank you. Thank,
2: Thank you. you
0: so much. <laughs> And listeners, at the beginning of the podcast, we invited you to join Aging Reimagined Circle, our sustaining membership fund. And Aging Reimagined Circle hosts our monthly interactive programs. And we hope you will engage in these probing conversations and discussions and lend your voice. We are happy that you are here with us today. And we urge you to visit womenover70.com. Thank you. Thank